A love letter from Psalm 63, a song of David while in the wilderness of Judah. O true God, you are my God, the one whom I trust. I seek you with every fiber of my being. In this dry and weary land with no water in sight, my soul is dry and longs for you. My body aches for you for your presence. I have seen you in your sanctuary and have been awed by your power and glory. Your steadfast love is better than life itself. So my lips will give you all my praise. I will bless you with every breath of my life. I will bless you with every breath of my life. I will lift up my hands and praise to your name. My soul, my life, my very self overflows with satisfaction, as when I feast on foods rich in marrow and fat, with excitement in my heart and joy on my lips, I offer you praise. Often at night I lie in bed and remember you, meditating on your greatness till morning smiles through my window till morning smiles through my window. You have been my constant helper. Therefore, I sing for joy under the protection of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand reaches down and holds me up. Your right hand, God, reaches down and holds me up. But as for those who try to destroy my life, they will descend into eternal shadows deep beneath the earth. They will fall by the sword and wild dogs will feast on their corpses. But, but, but the king will find his joy in the true God. I will find my joy in you, my one true God. All who make pledges and invoke his name will celebrate while the mindless prattle of cheaters and deceivers will be silenced. Hello and welcome to today's Heartlift. I am Janelle and I'm so happy that you have found your way here. I know I feel like it's such a miracle that uh, we find each other on the internet. All over the world we're connecting and that's so exciting to me. Today I'm doing something unplanned, a little different than I had scheduled. You know, I I try to make these schedules well in advance, and I had a different conversation coming to you today, but I believe uh, that I woke up this morning at 4.30 in the morning for a reason, and I could not go back to sleep, which takes me to Psalm 63, (laughs) where I often lie at night, verse 6 says, in bed and remember you. And I meditate on your greatness till morning smiles through my window. Well, I was meditating. I was also ruminating and overthinking. And one thought was leading to another. And I kept hearing that whisper. You know, that God whisper we talk about here. Psalm 63. And I would turn over and nestle in and try to make myself go back to sleep. And then it was like, it came again. Psalm 
three. And I thought to myself, I'm just making this up. Where's this coming from? I'm just pulling it out of nowhere. Why do you do this, Janelle? Why do you just, it's always a psalm that you hear in a whisper in the middle of the night. Why is that? Like, you must be making this up. So all this is going on inside my wee little head, and I'm turning and tossing and tossing and turning, and finally I said, just get out of bed and go read Psalm 63, Janelle. So it's pitch black in the house, and I I know that my desk has my computer on it, and so I thought, okay, I would love to get my Bible, but I'm just going to go to my computer because I can just hit BibleGateway.com and find it right away. So I searched for it, and I found it in the voice translation, and I'll read it once again. Psalm 63, a song of David while in the wilderness of Judah. O true God, you are my God, the one whom I trust. I seek you with every fiber of my being. In this dry and weary land, with no water in sight, My soul is dry and longs for you. My body aches for you, for your presence. My body aches for you, for your presence. I've seen you in your sanctuary and I've been awed by your power and glory. Your steadfast love is better than life itself. So my lips will give you all my praise. I will bless you with every breath of my life. I will lift up my hands in praise to your name. My soul, my life, my very self overflows with satisfaction. As when I feast on foods rich in marrow and fat. With excitement in my heart and joy on my lips, I offer you praise. Often at night, I lie in bed and remember you. Meditating on your greatness till morning smiles through my window. Till morning smiles through my window. You have been my constant helper. Therefore, I sing for joy under the protection of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand reaches down and holds me up. But as for those who try to destroy my life, they will descend into eternal shadows deep beneath the earth. They will fall by the sword and wild dogs will feast on their corpses. Oh, but the king, the king will find his joy in the true God. I will find my joy in the one true God. All who make pledges and invoke his name will celebrate while the mindless prattle of cheaters and deceivers will be silenced. I don't know about you, but I have been in a dry and weary land with no water in sight, my soul dry and longing for God. We closed out season 12 with that beautiful question, what am I longing for? What am I longing for? What does my soul want to ascend to God and the heavenlies for right now in my life? And my body has literally been aching, aching all over since about the beginning of August. 
And I've shared, you know, our body keeps the score and my body is trying to tell me something. And when I read Psalm 63, verse 1c, we would call it 1c, my body aches for you, for your presence. I thought, oh my gosh, I have an asterisk next to it in a beautiful blue marker. And I was like, God, is that what I'm aching for? Is that what you're trying to say to me? Body, spirit, mind, soul, are you trying to to just tell me to seek the Lord, to seek him? Are you telling me that I should cling to him? Which is what verse 8 says. And then 8b, your right hand reaches down and holds me up. I had to stop here in the early, early morning of this day, the day that I am making this conversation happen with you. Do I believe what this says? Do I believe this love letter from David written quite possibly in the wilderness of Judah where he was a shepherd? Wilderness here, the root of it, comes from the understanding of an uninhabited plain country fit for feeding flock, a pasture, an open field, which just hints to this being in David's shepherd years. He wrote many of his Psalms during this time. And I just saw a little progression in Psalm 63, and I wrote down, I'm just jotting notes down, right? This is no serious deep study, but I'm just jotting notes in the early dawn because somehow or another, it just seems the mind is more fresh than for me. David starts in his reality in verses one and two. Oh, true God, you are my God, the one whom I trust. He is stating his belief system. (laughs) He is stating it. You are my God. You're the one true God. You are the God that I trust. I seek you with every fiber of my being. That's the cry of his heart. That is his prayer. That is where he's at in this moment. And then he says, in this dry and weary land with no water in sight, my soul is dry and it longs for you. So he's in this big open field, can't see any water in sight, and it mirrors to him the condition of his soul. Verse two, he says, I've seen you in your sanctuary. (laughs) I've seen you. I've seen you show up. I know you. And I have been awed by your power and glory. So he's confessing. These are his beliefs about the one true God, the almighty God. I have been awed by your glory and your power. Your steadfast love is better than life itself. He's he's confessing this. I know you, I love you, and I know that your love, and love here is the Hebrew hasad, which is favor, deep, unconditional, unmerited love. He's like, I know your love. Your love I don't have to earn it. I don't have to work for it. I just need to receive it and dwell in it. And that's what caught me. If you've listened to the podcast in the last couple seasons, I have been sharing my own deep longing. I know God loves me in my head, but remember from the head to the heart, 
is the longest journey that we take. And I'm still trying to absorb God's unconditional, unconditional is the key word here, unmerited favor. That's been my longing. And so listening to these words written by David, the shepherd who would become King David, I just kept asking myself, do I believe this? So Heartlifter, I am offering you that question. Do you believe these words? Do you believe that God loves you so much that it just soaks into every fiber, verse one says, every fiber of your being? Just take a moment. Let's just soak it in. Take it in like a sponge takes in water. God loves me. He loves me for me. He loves the good, the bad, the ugly. God loves me. I make mistakes and he still loves me. Wow. That should make our soul, as David writes in verse 5, overflow with satisfaction. Soul there means our life, our very, very truest self. And satisfaction, when you take that down to its root, means satiated. You know, that sponge that we were filling with these words is now satiated and you can hold it in your hand. And when you wring it out, it will just pour out fullness. It means fullness. My soul overflows. My soul is satiated. My soul is completely immersed with satisfaction as when I feast on foods rich in marrow and fat. Wow. Every one of these verses really took my breath away. And I just thought, I have to share this with you today because when we absorb this, when we take God at his word, when we believe and receive his great, unconditional, unmerited favor and love in our lives, wow, it really makes us move through life differently. And sometimes we have to do that, like David in the beginning, by faith, by his head knowledge. I know who you are. You're my God. You're the one I trust. That's head knowledge. But it takes us down into the very center of his being when he says, and I seek you with every fiber of my being. So we see his hunger and his thirst. I just love that so much. And in verse 7, he says, you have been my constant helper. And helper here, when you take it down to its roots, it means Ezra, assistance, aid, something that furnishes relief. So we can read that. You have been my constant source of assistance and aid, and you furnish me, you offer me, you give me relief in this dry and arid wilderness that I am standing What wilderness, what dry, arid place are you standing in right now, my dear heart lifter? Where are you? (laughs) I hope that you can open your hands wherever you are and receive relief 
from the God who loves you and knows you, cares for you, and will supply you with relief. And of course, that word constant, it got to me. I thought, wow, you've been my constant helper. You know, and when I was laying there on my bed, overthinking and ruminating, of course, I'm worrying. I have lots of concerns rolling around in my neural pathways in my brain. I think you probably can relate, whether it's family relationships or future vocation or work things, or you just fill in your blank. What are you ruminating over? What are you overthinking about? What's pressing in on you from all sides? I just want to give you this truth. God, the one true God, is your constant help. Therefore, as a result of that, we will sing for joy under the protection of his wings. I can't sing for joy if I am not nestled (laughs) and right smack dab under his protection. That's my safe place. Verse 8 continues, my soul clings to you and cling here. I've done a lot of study on this word and it does mean sticky, means to stay close. It means to keep close, to be joined together, to cleave, wow, to follow hard. So just change cling in that one proclamation of David, my soul cleaves to you. It sticks to you. It stays close to you. It keeps close. It it joins together with you. And then when I dug a little deeper, it comes down to the deep, deep root to impinge. I-M-P-I-N-G-E. What? I thought, what does that mean? That doesn't sound good. (laughs) If something's impinging someone, it can have a negative connotation. But this means to have a clear and definite effect on something or somebody. So if my soul is clinging to God, there will be a clear, definite effect on me. Very clear. And then I went into a little reading on impingement in our body. Have you ever had a nerve impinged? I have that going on right now. And it is quite unnerving, pun intended. And it talked about a shoulder impingement. And I think you're going to hear the undertones here. Bear with me. The result of a vicious cycle of rubbing of the rotator cuff between your humerus and top outer edge of your shoulder. The rubbing leads to more swelling and further narrowing of the space, which results in pain and irritation. Wow. The rubbing, the constant rubbing, leads to more swelling and further narrowing of the space, which results in pain. So I take it this way. You can offer me your insights because you're so wise. My soul clings to you. And sometimes that might cause an impingement, a rubbing of sorts, right? Where I might find some swelling going on or some uncomfortable thing happening in my body or soul or mind because it's uncomfortable. And therefore, it's inviting me to do something about it. It's getting my attention, as we've been saying, and inviting me to take notice, to stop, to get out of the business of my life, the business of my head the overthinking, 
All of those things, and as we have discussed so beautifully with Pastor Jay Kim, put down my phone, close my computer, close the iPad, put all of the digital distractions away so that I can just focus in on God's word, which for me is the greatest treatment of all. Let's say it's the greatest anti-inflammatory treatment you can give yourself. Because when I read this psalm over and over this morning, look, I just got a huge exhale. My shoulders dropped. The somatic effect on my body was evident. And I was able to go back down and lay in my bed. And I actually found my way back to sleep and more deeply to a place of rest. Because I was like, you know what, God? I can't do anything about everything I'm ruminating on. So I'm coming back to a place of surrender and I am going to use the words of David. I'm going to borrow his words, borrow his strength and seek you with every fiber of my being. I'm going to ache for your presence. I am going to remember your steadfast love, your has said love, which is better than life. I am going to remember all of these things so that my soul can overflow with satisfaction. And I am going to meditate on your great greatness until morning smiles through my window. Because you know what, God, you have been my constant helper. So I woke up, I went about my day. I had some things to do. I had some clients to see. And then about midday, I just went and sat in my closet. I know this is a practice I used to faithfully (laughs) implement in my life when my children were a lot younger because I homeschooled and I didn't have any quiet time. So I would just close myself in my master bedroom and sit on the floor in the dark, sometimes light a candle. But today I just went in my bedroom closet. I shut the door and I just said, hello, God, it's me again. And I'm revisiting our time this morning. And I know that I am allowing things to impinge on my peace and my rest. So I'm going to once again, surrender them to you. And I'm going to somehow find my way to peace again. Maybe this is a practice I might have to stop and do two or three times a day. I think it's incredibly important. I wanted to close today reading again from this beautiful book that I have found, The Connected Life by Todd W. Hall, The Art and Science of Relational Spirituality. He talks about deliberate spiritual practice. Today, I had two opportunities to exercise deliberate spiritual practice. This does not happen every day in my life. Trust me. Know that. But he writes, so what is deliberate practice in general? Anders Ericsson, a psychologist who studies expertise and performance, coined the term deliberate practice. He discovered three main factors that separate great performers from good or average performers. First, the great performers generally spend significantly more time in practice than the other two groups. Second, the type of practice top performers engage in is different. It's focused on a specific goal. Third, top performers set goals that stretch them beyond their comfort zone. Oh my goodness, here we are. That counterintuitive growth that we talk about here, it's beyond our comfort zone. 
They use practice methods that have been developed by masters in their field. They also get very fast feedback on what they're doing wrong so they can adjust accordingly and quickly. We can apply these principles to spiritual growth. Dallas Willard defined discipline as an activity within our power, something we can do, which brings us to a point where we can do what we at present cannot do by direct effort. Let me read that again. I need to read it again. Discipline, an activity within our power, something we can do, which brings us to a point where we can do what we at present cannot do by direct effort. Spiritual disciplines don't directly affect our ability to love God and others. Okay, I'm getting it. Spiritual disciplines don't directly affect our ability to love God and others. However, they affect, A-F-F-E-C-T, our growth indirectly by facilitating the relational processes that bring about transformation. He continues, stick with me. Growing in our relational knowledge of how we connect and love requires a lot of practice. And it requires deliberate practice. We need to focus on specific outcomes that stretch us beyond our current relational knowledge and spiritual maturity level. We need to rely on methods taught in scripture and developed by spiritual masters who are further down the road. I just love those masters when they call back to us. We're blessed with many spiritual fathers and mothers who have taught spiritual disciplines throughout the history of the church. And there are contemporary spiritual mentors whose writings can serve to guide us on our journey. I love it. The last few decades, he writes, have seen a resurgent of interest. Thanks be to God, I write that. (laughs) In ancient spiritual practices aimed at cultivating an intimate relationship with God, For centuries, prayer, Lexio Divina, which we know in this community as a spiritual reading of scripture where we place ourselves in that scripture, meditation on scripture or contemplation of God, solitude, silence, and worship have been employed to collaborate with the Holy Spirit in order to experience God's relational presence and grow in love. All of these practices have the potential to help us integrate the two ways of relational knowing. They pave the way for transformation by facilitating a new experience of God and others. And as psychologist Eric Johnson puts it, Christians have to rewire their brains for accessing glory. (laughs) We have to rewire our brains for accessing glory. So beautiful. So I'm going to close with Another reading of Psalm 63. There have been now three opportunities within our time together to take a breath, to really participate in Alexio Divina. Put yourself, try to imagine yourself. Hopefully you're somewhere where you can close your eyes, maybe put your hand over your chest, maybe lay down on the floor in a beautiful, restful posture. Maybe sit in your closet, light a candle, but make sure you blow it out (laughs) and listen to Psalm 63. What visual imagery comes to your mind? What God whispers do you hear? What 
are you longing for? And most of all, please, as we are in the language of love in season 13, just immersing ourselves in the beautiful language of God's unconditional, unmerited, unfathomable, deep and wide love. Be like that sponge and allow your very being, every fiber of your being to be satiated with the love of God. Here we go. Psalm 63, a song of David while in the wilderness of Judah. O true God, you are my God, the one whom I trust. I place my trust in you again. I seek you, God, with every fiber of my being. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet, I allow your love to satiate me. In this dry and weary land where there's no water in sight, my soul is dry and it longs for you. You satiate me with your spirit. My body actually aches for you, for your presence. I have seen you in your sanctuary, God, and have been awed by your power and glory. I have felt your presence before, and I will feel it again. I feel it right now. Your steadfast love, your said love is better than life itself, God. So my lips will give you all my praise. Right now, I praise you. I will bless you with every breath of my life. Right now, I inhale your blessing and I exhale blessing to you. I inhale your blessing and I exhale my blessing to you. I will lift up my hands and praise to your name. Right now, God, I lift up my hands, both hands open to you. My soul, my very being, every fiber of my being overflows with satisfaction as when I feast on foods rich and marrow and fat. Right now, I feel your fullness entering me. Where I was once dry and parched and in the wilderness with no water in sight, right now I'm beginning to see and feel and know that you're with me. With excitement in my heart and joy on my lips, I offer you praise. Thank you for filling me to overflow right now, God. Often at night I lie in my bed and I remember you meditating on your greatness till morning smiles through the window. Father, I will lay my head on my pillow tonight in a different way than when I woke up. I will lay my head on my pillow, remembering the fullness of your spirit, the satiation of your spirit that I am meeting right now. You have been and will be and will always continue to be my constant helper. Therefore, I sing for joy under the protection of your wings. I am never safer than when I am under the protection of your wings. 
May they hover over me. May I hear them. (laughs) My soul clings to you. My soul clings to you. Lord Jesus, where I feel impinged on, where I feel uncomfortable, where I feel you pressing into me to move out of comfort zones, may your right hand reach down and hold me in that uncomfortable feeling. Will your hand push me where I need to be pushed? Will you make me uncomfortable? I'm inviting you to do that. Oof so that I can find my way into the perfect, perfect place of safety with you. And Lord, there are those who will dest- will try to destroy my life. Oh, yes. All these negative thoughts that were churning in my life, in my head, may they descend into eternal shadows deep beneath the earth. You tell me, God, that they will fall by the sword and wild dogs will feast on their corpses. And then, mm, I will find your joy, Father. Your joy. That joy unspeakable and full of glory that only comes from you, my one true God. And I will pledge and invoke your name. I will bless you, Father. And as a result, I will find celebration and joy. But the mindless prattle of cheaters and deceivers will be silenced. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening.